Hello, and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 176. I'm Johnny Howard alongside. Sorry, Fabea. I'm Sarah Burns. The ladies are on board for what is a packed show. We're going to look at some of the uh, Six Nations squad that have been announced here in the UK. The Scotland squad, the Ireland squad. We've got a full round of PWR fixtures last weekend to look through interesting results in there, including a yeah, fascinating draw. And then we'll look ahead to a super weekend in the PWR where all four games are being televised as well. Rory be here with all your international news. Uh, sevens in there, Celtic Challenge as well. If that wasn't enough, Meg Varley of Bristol and now Scotland is on the pod too. But first of all, Sarah Burns a little bit under the weather. Yeah, I am. I'm a little bit ill, sorry. So you might hear a few oh. coughs or sniffles. <laughs> Have you got a lemon sip in hand? I actually hate lemon sip. I hate the taste of it so much. But no, I've taken my first defence of fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm just striking up Lemsip as people to contact for sponsorship. Um, good. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> so, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, had my birthday weekend this week. Family came down. Um, and we have no training today. So, feeling good. Happy days. Uh, yes, I'm very remiss not to say happy birthday to you. Are, are you an Aquarius then, are you? No, I'm a Pisces. Pisces. Okay. Any nice little prezies you want to tell us about? Um, got a few bits of both my mum. Just like, you know, some candles. She's got me a new lamb. You know, now that I'm 22, these are, these are the things that, um, that I get for my birthday. Uh, and then went out for a good treat to dinner, which was nice. Oh, lovely. Very nice. Well, that that was Saturday night, presumably. No, it was actually on Thursday. Um, we had oh. no training because we had a Fire Friday game, which was actually my birthday, so it worked out great. Oh, happy days. Happy days. Look, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, get, into, uh, we'll get into Friday night's game uh, a, a little bit later on. Um, but are you out on, uh, on, on commentary? Don't tell us about the game, but just tell us about uh, the experience. Is that where you got your cough and cold from? might be sitting in the cold no I don't um it was really cool I've never been like up in the like media boxes before at Ashton Gate but it's like right at the top of the stadium you can see like the whole of the stadium mind you it's hard to like read the numbers sometimes (laughs) but then um but also you can see over the stadium so you can see like the whole of the suspension bridge um and all the lights at Clifton it's really really pretty like other than watching the rugby and commentating on that (laughs) it's really pretty there Oh, good. I mean, I'm not sure there was the answer I was expecting. Uh, it, it was a pretty view, uh, talking about commentary. But, yeah, we saw you saw you sniffling away. But, look, there's loads to get into uh, today. Um, we recorded, uh, as you do Monday mornings. So these uh, these uh, Six Nations squads came out after we uh, recorded last week. So, yeah, just wanted to get your, your thoughts ready. So let's start with uh, the Scotland squad. What strikes me, and you put me right if, if you need to, it's it's very settled. It's certainly a, a sort of fifteen twenty three. It, it still looks very very settled for Scotland. Yeah, it looks it does look really consistent. And obviously playing with quite a few of the Scotland girls at Loughborough, um, that's kind of the vibe we get as well. You know, they say that they're quite settled in in their squad. Um, obviously, a few a few new names to see. It'll be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. But 
yeah, I think definitely from outside looking in, they're quite a, a settled, settled team. Yeah, I'd agree. I think this is they have um, been building quite a strong team for the last few years now. So it'll be interesting to see the combinations. It's great to see um, like Rona back in from sevens. Um, I don't know how, how many if they're allowed to play the whole six nations or just a few games, but it's always good to get your like your absolutely rapid players on the edges back in the squad. So um, like with Wales, it'd be nice to to get Jazz and. Um, Kaylee back or whoever's, whoever's back in those squads so um, yeah nice to see the sevens girls back in because if you look at a uh, a pack certainly for for Scotland um, and majority of the back line we, we can probably pick the opening team now can't we probably be able to do a, a semi good job I think yeah I'll pick in, I'll pick in the, the starting pack um, I don't know some of the some of the new names, so they could be you know star players that can come in and and um come into that come into that squad. But yeah, I think definitely you know having Rachel Markham on those on the flank, my teammate Emma Russell calling the line out. I think you've got those key players and key roles that will definitely stay in there for the Six Nations. Yeah, a lot of these players playing good PWR rugby as well. Yeah, Marin Gutterson, uh been playing for. Of course, Fine Cougars and uh, Edinburgh Rugby. Alex Stewart come in as well. Their first call-ups uh, in the forwards. Kieran Bell, again, University of Edinburgh and Edinburgh Rugby. Leah Brendan Holden uh, across the Hartbury. Shona Campbell's in there from the sevens as well. Nicola Flynn gets her first call-up for the University of Edinburgh. And uh, Meg Farley as well, um, who you will know very well, Berner been playing some really good rugby alongside Meryl Smith uh, as well in the centres and, and wing and what have you. Um, Meg Farley, one of those players who, who could possibly force her way into the, the 15-23. She's been playing some cracking stuff this uh, this season. Yeah, she's been playing wing for us really, really well. She's extremely aggressive, um, beats defenders, scores tries. Um, so yeah, I think I actually think yeah, if you're looking for someone who has a bit of like bite about them on the edge, who has shown consistency consistently that they can beat three, four defenders each carry, um, and and keep the ball in those kind of isolating wide channels, I would be picking her. I think um, Scotland obviously want to keep building, they want to keep getting some wins under their belt. So um, I don't see why giving someone you know a bit with a bit of oomph and a bit of um, no finesse to, to step into the squad I think would be a really good option because you, you, you'd you probably think uh, Helen Nelson will, will stay at 10 although she was at 15 at uh, at the weekend uh, sorry perhaps we're going to do that a little bit later on uh, Lisa Thompson 12 Emma Orr would be assured at, at, at uh, 13 or have said Chloe Rowley picks herself Fran McGee Lesser Tiger has been absolutely ripping it up um it's competition out wide for, for Scotland, certainly. There is a lot of competition. Like you said, the PWR has been doing doing great things for, for these international teams. Um, I was going to mention Van McGee doing really well for Leicester, um, being a key player for them, probably a player that now lots of teams would like to ID when they come up against Leicester. So credit to her for that. And, but I also agree with Burma. I think McVarley has been kind of tearing it up for, for Bristol. Um, and, you know, I've seen a lot of, lot of clips. And when we played against her, um, like she's a really strong ball carrier. And I think she's different to the wingers that uh, Scotland currently have. So I think she adds a, a, a kind of a new element um, to the game if they do choose to um, play her. Um, but, yeah, I think there is a lot of competition um, on those edges, especially with Rona Lloyd coming back in as well. 
Um, but I think it'll be interesting to see how yeah it all kind of heats up once once the squads start coming out. In, in the forwards, yeah, a lot of uh, you know, let's say Tigers, Loughborough, Quinns, uh, with Sarah Bonner, anyhow Clark, obviously at Bristol with you, Evie Gallagher. Uh, is probably putting her hand up, isn't she, for a, a starting berth? Um, Mac and Josh back as well. Uh, and good to see uh, Molly Wright uh, back from injury from Sale Sharks um, and Anne Young as well from Sale. So, yeah, a, a very strong squad, very settled squad for, for Scotland. Yeah, I, d- I do think, though, I think just mentioning Eliana, she's, um, she's been playing really well for Bristol, stepped into those roles. Um, and I think, yeah, she'll definitely be pushing for a start in that front row. If not, maybe starting. Um, they normally have a really consistent front row, but I don't see why in a competition like Six Nations, you can't rotate, um, give some new players some opportunities, especially leading into, you know, next year's the lead into a World Cup year. You want to see, you know, different combinations, who's playing well, um, give opportunities out. So, yeah, I think she's been going really well, so it'd be good to see her in an international shirt with some minutes under her belt. What are those new caps... And now it's in the Scotland squad. We've just been talking about her in very favourable terms. Uh, Meg Varley is now on the Women's Rugby Pod. It is a very, very warm welcome to Meg Varley to the Women's Rugby Pod. Meg, hello. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, very well, thank you. Fresh off the win at the weekend for your new club. We're going to get into um, Bristol a little bit later on. Uh, but first of all, you've been named in the Scotland squad. Huge congratulations to you. Very much. <laughs> that must have been a wonderful, wonderful news. Um, you've been in and around the club game for, for some time. Did, did you ever think that an international call-up like that was, was ever going to come? Um, not really. Um, I think. Well, it's one of those where it's kind of plodding along um obviously with Worcester and then um there was quite a lot of changes and then moving down to Bristol and trying to kind of immerse in the group there um there's just a lot of changes so it was one of those things that wasn't really on my mind um if I'm completely honest it wasn't a priority at that at that point um even now it's like wow okay um and it's it's class and like really quite grateful for that um that opportunity but yeah it was one of those where it's very it wasn't even on my radar say two months ago and so how, how, how did it, how did it come about then so i think there'd been a couple of like mentions back when i was still at Worcester, um but very kind of um like casual just like oh i'll qualify kind of thing it wasn't anything really that deep um and then uh, some of the girls, the Scottish girls at Bristol, um, obviously some of my mates from Worcester had moved across as well. Um, they were like, oh, um, is it possible if we could pass on your number to Matt because he's been asking? Um, um, would that, would it, like, would you like to pick up conversation? So, um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, of course, like, why not? Let's kind of see what the crack is, what they, like, if, if, what they want from me and yeah it's kind of escalated quite quickly (laughs) and and where is the route the scottish route where is where is the 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 strand of tartan so it's my um paternal grandma so um my grandma on my dad's side um she's from edinburgh 
so um yeah that's kind of that's it's only just only just qualified but um qualify nonetheless so. that must have been absolutely amazing did it take you long to say or think about you know whether i want to be involved or not what no so it did like take quite a bit of um thought into it i think it's mostly well partly um you've got the whole kind of argument around like um english and whatever else but also just it was mainly the um uh just the fact that it was all a lot quite quickly um and it was just in my head i was like oh like all my days do i do i try it and then the kind of came to the conclusion like actually well one it's a like it is a massive opportunity anyway um and then two it's kind of like why not let's just see see how it goes um and kind of just go from there because like it's huge and i think it would be to pass on it i think might not have been the wisest idea um and yeah like the girls there that i know are amazing and um like matt's been like really class as well um as i've been doing most of my talking to him um so yeah it was one of those where it's kind of like i'm gonna give it a shot and yeah see see what happens matt uh sorry matt uh banahan is it their backs coach of course Sorry. Banners. Sorry. No, no, you, you're quite right. I was thinking it's definitely Brian. Brian, he said, hey, no, banners. Okay, but perfect. No, that is me being absolutely stupid. Can't remember him being called Matt for a very, very long time. Uh, but anyway, yes, brilliant chap. Um, really wholesome guy. Uh, thoroughly enjoy his company. Um, oh, that's fantastic. And it is massive and it is brilliant. And you should uh, congratulate yourself. Um, did you did you celebrate at all? Or were you too busy thinking and making decisions and potentially packing bags and finding uh, sporans and this kind of stuff? <laughs> um, to be fair, there was I think just after making the decision, we did have a weekend off rugby, um, and then I was working the uh, our uh, Bristol men were um, playing Bath and then won, so that escalated quite quickly that one um, won't go into any more detail but, no no yeah, it's a family pod had a little bit of a social in the, in the uh, evening after work um but yeah other than that it's been pretty focused on bristol and training and um and so on and so forth so yeah it was very very short uh, celebration and then yeah back to back to business really so if you thought this would would never come and i believe your words were, were plodding along and then a phone call does come, and an international team are, are very keen for you, for you to be involved. Have you had a little time now to reflect and go, you know, fair play me, all, all those mornings, early, late evenings, peeing down with rain, covered in mud, all the rest of what your mates are going out, whatever, those sacrifices have been worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of like that with the fact that I'm like – I'm at Bristol and competing with Bristol like that's even that's still in my head like because I'm enjoying it so much um but yeah the kind of the Scotland like stuff kind of coming in is it kind of just accentuated that a little bit it's kind of um yeah I think it's it's added on to kind of the the Bristol side of it um because I'm still quite overwhelmed by that in a in a good way um and yeah for that to come in as well it's like oh all right 
nice. <laughs> um, but again, because everything's been a hundred miles an hour, like work, rugby, games, PWR, um, and then the kind of build up to obviously when I was supposed to be going into camp, um, it just kind of took over that, and there wasn't much room for thought in in that sense. Um, really, it's quite quite strange, quite a strange situation. Yeah, we were just saying uh, off air that uh, you picked up a, a little niggle, which um, uh, means that you're not not up with Scotland right at the moment. But can you imagine playing in a back line with the <laughs> likes of Helen Nelson, Lisa Thompson, Rona Loy, Chloe Rowley, uh, Emma Orr? I mean, the little Fran McGee. The list just goes on and on. Be awesome. Yeah, it? yeah. I mean, yeah. I've given it quite like that a lot of forks. I'm like, again, there a lot of the players that I've played against for. A number of years um and when i look at the kind of like the um the wingers side of it and i'm like oh they're all really quick i'm gonna have to get quicker <laughs> um but no it's class and it's um like again it's the kind of a testament to the way that scotland's been building over the last however many years since they've gone professional and which in reality hasn't been long um and like the way they're progressing as a country is is ridiculous and it's something that is it's it is quite special like what they're doing yeah well the the, the girls are saying uh bernard and sorry yeah your point of difference uh, a really strong physical ball carrier as we know and and, and We've seen you down the years um, for Worcester in the centres or whatever. I, I wanted to ask you, because you signed for Bristol before Worcester, so sadly um, went under for want of a better expression. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the obviously the move from Worcester was um, already planned through through that season. Um, like the, um, the season just gone anyway. Um, so, yeah, I ended up leaving before the women's side of it had gone under the the men's side had already sadly um sadly gone but yeah the, that planning was already in place to to kind of move on and get a fresh start um and like obviously i think i thought it was the right decision at the time um there's obviously a couple of wobbles but um yeah right decision um and yeah now it's like i look back on it and i'm like i like, i do love it and i'm I'm glad that I've made that move. Not only like we talk about obviously Worcester going under and it it not succeeding from a women's only team, but actually from for me personally, a new environment, new people, new coaching, all of that has been like insane. And it was good for me to have that change because like I needed to like progress because I'm hitting my mid twenties now needed to progress. And I think that was the, to go in the deep end a little bit and completely relocate and everything like that has actually been it's the best decision I've made. Mid twenties, merely, merely, merely a pup. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. And I, I've been, I've been a, a fan of yours through the years, incredibly consistent player that player that you are. Um, and, and now on the wing rather than in the midfield, how is that? suiting you yes fine whatever position Dave was doing <laughs> um I actually um I I've said these asked many a time um <laughs> am I enjoying it is it okay and I I do actually like it um I don't like pace wise like I'm not quite as quick as Debs and Rennie and all that but from the way that we play not many are to be fair they're very well, quick. really difficult to try and speed them up can speed them out but um yeah from the way we play it kind of suits me better that uh better as a, than a center just from the like i'll 
catch and go like carry um even if it's a case of like there's we're stuck and we can't get and there's i'm not going to make a line break it's more that just like big ball carry and um like kind of i get to use that a little bit more which for me suits me personally um and i i'm it's nice sometimes again to have a change and it gave me a little bit of a challenge just to try and learn a brand new position which I kind of quite enjoy um nothing too rogue I don't think I'd quite like doing 10 or anything like that I think um I think Dave might um have to push me away a little bit <laughs> you had an excellent uh season thus far certainly uh and, and Bristol let's sort of wobble over the sort of new year festive sort of season but hit a, hit a decent little run of form now um dispatched love for the weekend and looking very very strong in those in those in those top four yeah it's yeah i think we've had there's been a lot there's a lot of reflection going on just um like how we progress going like going further through the rest of the season um and i think everyone's pretty on it and like I think when we when we've had some good performances, we know about it. We've there's a lot of times where we like we are very critical, um, and I I think that's a personally think that's a good thing. Um, and with the way we play, there is a lot to kind of pick up on and perfect and whatever else. But everyone's working like really really hard to try and um, like kind of try and get that get us to that level and get that perfection. Um, whilst there's been a number of frustrations even in our wins, a number of frustrations kind of coming in. Um, it's good that we're kind of acknowledging that and trying to build on it because we've still got a significant chunk of the season left. Um, so we've, we've still got that time to um, to like make those right um, before nearer the end of the season. Yeah, and I know um, Amber Reid's been, been out uh, doing the, the rounds a little bit with the, with, uh, the, the media in the, in the last few days. It's... Uh, Super PWR weekend, all all four games out there for the uh, the public to to watch. Sadly, I'm not at Ealing Trail Finals um, to call that one up. Actually, down down at uh, Gloucester, but yeah, Trail Finals this weekend. It's a little extra buzz this weekend. Super PWR is that just for us media types? How's it settling um- in camp? Yeah, I think it's it's quite exciting. Um, just generally, I think across the league, everyone's pretty buzzing about the fact that, like, we're in that position where every game can be watched by everybody in the country, essentially, um, which is huge. And uh, yeah, we're pretty psyched. It's it's not necessarily just. Us. Hang on, I've got to stop you. No, it's not the country. It's the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. The world. Rugby Pass TV, TikTok, YouTube. Well, yeah correct me yes apologize <laughs> um, uh yeah i think it's um yeah it's massive and the fact that anyone can watch it is in that getting that exposure as a league not just a club is is insane and um really good step forward for uh the women's like professional essentially professional setup um so yeah everyone's quite excited about that but meg we'll we'll, we'll leave it there if you to crack on with all your various bits and pieces really appreciate um you spending the time with us today. Always enjoy commentating on you and uh, we'll continue to do so. No worries. Thank you very much. I'm Donna Kennedy and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. From one Celtic nation to another, 
the Ireland squad for the Six Nations, the wider squad, has been uh, been announced. For me, the headline um, would be the inclusion, just mounts out from a, an Olympics, um, and Ireland you know, having just picked up their first HSBC Sevens um, tournament win. Uh, Parsons, Higgins and Riley are all included in this squad, out-and-out Sevens players. That's great news for the Six Nations. Um, it's great to have some players that um, can really, you know, if they're given an opportunity, can finish it off in space. I think the challenges with returning from sevens uh, and fifteens is like it's a very it's a very different game. Um, it, there's obviously probably a lot more collisions, less space in fifteens, and um, so it's just whether the girls enjoy that change. Um, and kind of, you know, really get stuck into it. Or sometimes I imagine it'd be hard. I mean, I'm obviously not a sevens player. <laughs> um, but I can imagine it could be quite a difficult thing to flick between the two. But in terms of just, you know, having Parsons on, on that edge, with a strong ball carrier, absolutely rapid. Yeah, get the ball in their hands. And I know Scott loves, um, you know, Scott loves players that are strong, athletic players. So it'll be great to... I can see why he's involved them in the squad and why they want them in there because Ireland are going to be looking for a win this year. You know, a lot of familiar names in there. Uh, Sam Winahan and Tricky Adele taking that uh, captaincy, co-captaincy role. Um, I think two great players who have been kind of tearing up in the PWR, um, played with both of them at WAS, and especially Sam. I think she's come on, you know, absolute leaps and bounds, um, picking up, you know, great awards in, in, the, in the past couple of years as well for for uh, playing um, Grace Moore from Sarri's in there in the forwards. Um, I think there's been, there's been quite a few regular names in there, but in terms of the seven skills drawing, and I think it can only really bring strength and depth in that. I think Baven has been in the Six Nations on the wing. I, I think I remember seeing, um, before, before I was even in an in international squad, seeing a, a video of her tearing up or scoring a try in the Six Nations. So. Uh, I know, well, obviously it might have been a while ago, but she obviously has that ability to be able to play 15. So it'll be interesting to see if they do, you know, click back in and unable to bring what they bring in the sevens field um, to the 15s game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Eve Higgins and, uh, as you say, Bavin Parsons, when they've been allowed to uh, to get themselves involved in 15s and uh, the, uh, the, the the Six Nations, they've, uh, they've been absolutely exemplary. Uh, Eve Higgins, I think, has been in a, also, the Six Nations team of uh, of the tournament a couple of times down the years that we uh, that we do with Scrum Queens. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, fabulous players. Uh, there is one name missing, Cleaner Maloney. Yeah, I think it's a shame. Um, obviously, Cleaner Maloney missing out on the Island squad again. Um, I think she's a class player, and I think she's been playing well for. For a club, um, I think she's really passionate, and kind of that passion kind of galvanizes teams as well. Um, and people really get behind her. And, and having played with her at Wasp, um, you know, I can't really say say much bad about um, how she plays. So obviously, it's just unfortunate she hasn't been selected again. Yeah, it is. Um, really is. I, I, again, a, a little bit like Scotland outside of that uh, that admission. Um, and I and I thought when we spoke to uh, yeah a couple of months back that, that there there may be some bridge building going on. I don't know where that bridge is to and from, or what obviously to cleaner, but um, don't know where where it exactly lands on the on the other side. But um, 
yeah, I can't imagine Scott Beeman is, is would wanted to have uh, have someone like uh, a player of her quality out of the squad. Uh, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's very sad that she's not seen on that uh, international level in the in the Six Nations. But uh, aside from that, it's uh, it's very settled, isn't it? Um, wider sort of training panelists, I think Ireland have called them, but um, yeah, players again getting getting the experience and the, the Celtic Challenge. Um, has unearthed some some players, Andrew Stock and Shannon Ikanehufo um, included, uh, Cargo and Heffernan and uh, Goran as well, William and Campbell, uh, part of the uh, WXV3 um, squad as well. Do we expect Ireland to to keep improving? Um, it was WX3, uh, all respect given to to the other nations, but yeah, that was a resounding win. Um, and they've needed to get back on a, a winning path. Uh, we're going to see a, a, a really strong Ireland in this Six Nations army, especially with, as we already mentioned, those those sevens players going in. Yeah, I think they they will be looking a lot stronger this year. I think um, it's always difficult. I think speaking after our game to some of the Irish players, I think they were struggling a bit. Um, just. I don't know, with everything that was going on. So uh, I think, yeah, having Scott in, who's extremely energetic, um, he knows, you know, how to lead a team. He's, he's done it previously for many years. So um, I think I think he he's going to be really good for them and he, he's going to want to make his mark as well. So he, he'll be putting in the work being like, this is me, I'm the head coach. Um, and this is this, this team and this is how we're developing. So, yeah, I think they'll have... Um, uh, some good structure in there um, and probably yeah, with the sevens girls back they'll be looking to get the ball in their hands a lot quicker so yeah I think I think they'll be good this year um, and I'm, I'm excited to see see where they are and how they progress throughout the tournament Sadia um, knowing, knowing the players you, you do and, and many of them uh, in the Ireland squad right against them with them what have you and, and knowing Scott Beeman as you do how are Ireland going to play Hmm. Good question. Good question. I think they their pack has really come on strength to strength. Obviously, Scott Beamond, he 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 loves his well backs, the wingers. He he loves to play, get the ball wide. So in terms of how he'll want to play, is you know utilizing those strengths on the on the wings and on the edges. Um, but I also think Ireland have really their pack has come from strength to strength. Um, in the past couple of years, where you know teams are kind of fearing them or um having to you know, really front up against them uh, with big ball carriers like Sam Moynihan in there, Neve Jones being, you know, an absolute demon in defence. You know, they have, you know, these players there who can who can change the game and really impact it. So I think in terms of how Scott will want to play, I think he's definitely going to be focusing on those wide channels. But obviously to, to go wide, you have to go forward first. And I think they're going to be utilising um, uh, what the strengths they have in that pack as well. Yeah, so so we're, we're not expecting five, played five, lost five. As you did last year, I hope not. I hope not, and I think you know after the uh, the WXV um, season and you know coming up, coming away with you know such good wins, that should be a real big boost for them. So if we come in Six Nations, they'll be ready to you know hit the ground running and um, get you know a, a much better result than they previously have. And I, th- I think it, it's got to help, hasn't it? Um, I don't know. We're, we're talking about um, Scott Beam, but. Obviously, yeah, he's someone that you guys know incredibly well. Spent months and months and months with him down in the uh, the, the other side of the world. Um, that that knowledge of the Six Nations and how to traverse it, and 
quite often, oh, it's just media speaking, all that shit. But it, but it, it does hold a, a huge amount of weight, doesn't it, Sarah? Knowing what's coming up, the, the games, how to traverse it, when to do this, when to do that. Scott has that experience. Yeah, and he also has the detail of teams, how they play, how they'll want to play, um, to play other teams. Like he, He's been in, in the women's game for an extremely long time now. So he, he has a whole knowledge of kind of what each team does um, kind of, to an extent, obviously. But um, I think, yeah, he, he'll just want to... Like Saad said, like he, he want to get the backs involved. I think his type of rugby is quite um, energetic. Play what you see. Um, All court. Of, yeah, yeah, kind of, um, and kind of probably looking more at the kicking game, how to play in those right areas. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. I think coming back to, I'm um, sorry, <clears throat> the question of like hopefully they get a win. I think it's really difficult because you've also got to remember Scotland are going through a, a, a period of growing as well and so are Wales and so are Italy and France and England continue to, to go through a period of growing as well. So I think it will be really, really hard to say at this point who's going to come out on top or who's going to, we know what game's going to be what. Um, it also depends what teams are doing. Are they rotating? Are they going full strength? Like, it's so hard to say until we see the, those team sheets out each week. But um, I hope that for them, it's more about playing good rugby, building that rugby and every game kind of focusing on, which is what Scott is good at, is focusing on those games, each game as they come. How could we have got out of trouble here? How could we have scored a bit better there? Um, and I think for them, hopefully that is energetic and it, it takes a focus off of the outcome, which is win, 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 and more onto the process of game. How do we go about winning? How do we recognise the decisions we make to to win, to play, um, to play some good rugby? So in terms of that, I'm really excited for them. And I think, yeah, like it will be a great few games um, coming up in the Six Nations. Devil is in the detail. Yeah, fascinating. Uh, as you say, Six Nations coming up. Can't. Can't wait for it. I'm Emily Scarrett, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Let's have a look back at uh, last weekend's results then from the uh, the PWR, the English Top League Premiership Women's Rugby over here in England. It was round 12. Friday night, a couple of games. I do know how it works anyway. Uh, Leicester 14, Ealing Trail Finers 29, as we all expected. Um, but Ealing Trail Finers will, will, will be happy with that result. That's um, that's the double over Leicester Tigers, the other new team side here. Yeah, Ealing are really going from strength to strength. Um, like we said last week, they're, they're building on, on on the things that they're good at, um, as well as, you know, utilising those players that Abby Dow and those those um, star players in their team as well. Um, obviously, Leicester will also go well with you previously a win over us. But I think, yeah, it's really great to see, you know, two teams who have just come in battling, battling it out and it being, you know, a close um, and interesting game as well. It's not like we could 100% call who was going to win that game. So I think, yeah, it's great to see, you know, Ealing kind of going from strength to strength and going there. And I'm sure Giselle is, you know, absolutely buzzing with, with, with that result. So. Yeah, and would you believe it, Sadia? Abby Dow scored again. Forty-seven uh, yeah, this season. That's not actually. Um, yeah, Shell with a forty-point haul. Liz Craig with a couple of tries as well for the front row union. 
Uh, and then we, yeah, we just talked about it, weren't we? Fran McGee went over for Leicester and Brody on the back row. We've got to go there. The other game on Friday night where Sarah Byrne picked up the Lurgy. Um, Sadi Kabea was uh, on the score sheet, but uh, your African Violets went down to 33-17. Uh, let's get the players' perspective first and then the uh, the broadcast. If you did actually watch some of it, rather than looking at the uh, Clifton Suspension Bridge and the pretty lights. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I think, you know... It, it wasn't a bad game. Um, I think one thing for us is we just weren't very clinical. Uh, I think that's what Bristol were. Uh, I think we had a lot of ball um, and just didn't really come away with points where we should have. Um, but I think there was really good moments of brilliance and good phases that we strung together to, you know, get over the get over the try line and get 17 points on ball. Um, but there was a, there was a big grey patch in the game where kind of no one could could score and then Bristol I think kind of gained the momentum from that and we um yeah couldn't couldn't quite come back from it but I think still for Loughborough you know lots of positives to take away from it um we're still kind of building back from last season and Bristol you know they're a they're a good outfit we, we, we always knew that we always knew it was going to be a a tough game um so I think there's a bit of disappointment from Loughborough um because I think the score could have been a lot closer than it was um but also yeah, kudos to to Bristol. I think they they played a good game and they were just clinical when it, when it counted. For me, Bristol were a lot better with their game management. They exited well. They learned from the games against Exeter against Gloucester that they need to exit. Um, sometimes you can play, sometimes, but sometimes it's it's not on. You've got to get out of those areas, and they did that a lot, a lot better. Um, and also, it was just one of those games where they kind of clicked. Um, a little bit more than I have seen previously. It was really nice to watch. They flowed some really, really nice passages of plays um, from from their five all the way to Loughborough's five. So um, in terms of Bristol, I think they, they did a really good job. Their scrum, their set piece was pretty dominant. And even if they didn't quite catch the line out, someone else was there to get those 50-50s. Um, so for me, that's really, really positive to see Bristol in that kind of mindset leading into the, the last half of the season. Um, but I do have to say that Loughborough did also do really well. Like, and um, like Saad said, like, I, I do think it could have been closer. Um, I do think Emily Scarrett, absolutely brilliant. Seeing her back on that pitch, like, um, you kind of remember how much you, you missed her, the timing of her pass, there's little grubbers through. I think she made a massive difference. Um, to kind of that attacking variation for Loughborough. Um, and I, I think it was I th- everyone afterwards, even the security guards at Ashton Gate, as we were walking out, he was like, oh, did you see that game? I was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, what a great game of rugby. I was like, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> like, it was definitely one of the best games of rugby I've seen for a while. Um, it was really exciting. It was, a, it was a brilliant game to watch. Sorry, you're in camp with her. Um, it, it, it is only one player. But this is Emily Scarrett we're talking about here. Um, World Player of the Year, accolades um, galore. Everything touches um, goes to gold. Great, great to see her back. Uh, It's been a long, long time. Not a nice injury in in the slightest. What does she bring to 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 the camp, on and off the field? Yeah, no, it's amazing, amazing to have um, Scarrett back, and she would hate. (laughs) 
<laughs> she hates it. anyone even speaking about her return or her being back. Um, I think I saw an interview, she was like, I'd rather, like, when she first came back, when she dropped the ball for everyone to give her, like, a sarcastic cheer and people to go, oh, it's okay, scared. like, next, next thing. So, um, yeah, so good to have her back. And, you know, off-field, she's been training for quite a while now, rehabbing, getting back into it, and she just brings, you know, so much energy. Um, so much energy and just kind of obviously a different perspective on the game. I think she's been she's been around for a long time and had and has had a really successful career. Um, and obviously, Luffa being quite a young team, um, she brings a lot of knowledge and yeah, just different perspective to the team. And on, on the pitch, I think she just she kind of has it all really. Um, she's got a, a great pass. Um, she's able to carry it. I think I think the main thing is just her vision. And um, like Bernard says, she you know put in nice little kicks in the weekend. She knows when to to float the ball over the top she just wants to carry like she just has great vision is able to kind of create things not just for herself but for the rest of the team so um i think yeah that's, that's why it's great having her back especially in those centers because she just makes things happen um and and she's just a great human in general to be honest so really nice to have her back let's get into the the the, the gaze on saturday um just having a chat before we, we came on extra harlequins 19-0 fascinating result Bernard. I, I didn't expect it. I don't think anyone here did. Um, like we said, Quinns, it, it, they're a good team, but it depends what Quinns you get on the day. And obviously they were ready for this one. Um, I think Exeter might be starting to see actually having the same people start every week is getting you know tiresome for them or injuries or maybe Quinns. I, I unfortunately didn't, I didn't get to watch that game, but um, you know, I think, I think it's great. It's absolutely great to have scores like this in the table. Um, obviously for Bristol, but as in for, for everyone to come and watch and be like, hang on, I didn't expect that. You know, I better go and watch that one back or or next time I'm going to go watch that gameplay. So I think it's great to have scores like that. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly want to go and have a look and, and see what, what happened there um, on the day. Uh, Menin, McDonald, she's a bit like Dowd. She always scores at Buchanan as well. Um, talking Six Nations. Um, Connie Powell um, over for Quinn's uh, Latcher as well. And Heather Cow, good to see her back as well. So yeah, nineteen all, and now extra have to go to uh, Gloucester Hartbury. Speaking of them, on Sunday um, they beat Sale up at Sale nineteen forty three as back to back games. Kelsey Jones, Moore Muir, Sarah Beckett, Grant Grant Crab. Don't often see her on a score sheet. Uh, McCarthy, uh, Neve Jones, and Mans on the score sheet for Gloucester Hartbury. Paris Reading as well, Hungertau and Borden. After last week, when you know Sale were kind of in front at that half-time mark or around that that start of the first half, I think um, probably Gloucester are like, come on now, we need to sort, we want to sort this out, we want to get back into that flow. There's only a few games left before uh, one they play Saracens, um, which I think is after Six Nations. Um, so they're, they're going to be wanting to get the ball rolling again. So I think it's hard in this period of time because you play a lot of rugby after Christmas um, and then you're straight into Six Nations. So things really start to ramp up a bit. Um, it is, it's easy to feel as well with the weather, like just feeling a bit like, ugh. Um, I think everyone feels it. So it's not uncommon that teams probably around this time are a little bit kind of flatlining a bit. But I think, yeah, Gloucester have done really well there to kind of just pick it right back up and go, now and having this, let's, let's get this win done. Um, let's let's get the ball rolling and, and get into a good a good swing before we go into um, Six Nations. Yeah, uh, there were three tries up 25 minutes. Uh, there were five tries by 39 minutes. 
um, game done and dusted, put, put, put sale away. Uh, that's now 11 from 11 for Gloucester Hartbury, which is, uh, in his second album. Um, that's hit after hit after hit. Let's look at that, uh, that, that table then. 54 points Gloucester Hartbury are on. Uh, now nine point advantage of Saracens who are on 45, but they've only played the 10 games. Uh, game in hand. Uh, Exeter remained third um, with those two points at the weekend on 40, closing the gap of Bristol, fourth on 35. Loughborough Lightning Quinns now 14 points off Bristol, um, but Sardius Lightning do have a game in hand. Now we have Rory with the news from around the world. The Celtic Challenge has a winner. The Wolfhounds from Ireland with a round to spare. They saw off the Clovers at the Kingsburn Stadium in Belfast, 47-26 at the weekend. Guadalajara Lightning also picked up a 43-5 win over Glasgow. This week it's the final round of this Celtic Challenge, all at Parky Scarlets. The Clovers take on Edinburgh and Britain Thunder up against Guadalajara Lightning, 12.30pm and 2.45pm respectively. Round A over in France in Elite R Feminine at the weekend. Robina went down at home 27-31 to the reigning champ Stade Baudelaire. Another tight one between Bogny and Lille. 10-6 it finished to the home side. Stade Francais were dispatched 5-38 at the hands of Montpellier. In Pool 2, Stade Toulouse won at Stade René 7-25. Blacknack put 52 unanswered points on Poe and Lyon won against Grenoble, 39-14. So the tables shape up like this. In Pool 1, Stade Baudelaire have a 7-point advantage over Montpellier and ASA Rogmanar. And Pool 2, Stade Toulousien lead the way, 9 points clear of Blacknack, with Grenoble 10 points behind them. This week in Pool 1, Lille face Stade Francais, Stade Baudelaire host Montpellier, and Bobogny and ASA Rogmanar go head to head. In Pool 2, Poe face Grenoble, Stade Rene entertain Lyon, and Blagnac are off to Toulouse. In the Rugby Europe Championships, Netherlands beat Portugal on their debut in the competition. Their final score was 7.31. The Dutch, now 2 from 2, having already beaten Sweden. The HSBC World 7 Series played out its latest leg in Vancouver at the weekend. And it was New Zealand who grabbed their first win of the series, beating France 35-19 in the final. Porsche Woodman Wycliffe ran in a hat-trick as the Black Fern 7s were back to their exhilarating best. That is the second silver for France in the year that they host the Olympics. They are now just four points clear of New Zealand, who are second, with the leaders, Australia, six points ahead of them. Elsewhere, Ireland failed to reach the quarterfinals after winning the cup over in Australia. And Spain, again, got through to last eight and were joined by Brazil. And that is the rest of the news from around the world. I've been Rory Taylorson. Back to Salia, Sarah and Johnny. See you next week.
Thank you, Rory. Excellent as ever. Yes, congratulations to New Zealand picking up the title in Vancouver. Portia Woodman Whitcliffe now. My goodness. She just does it year after year after year after year, doesn't she? Quite incredible. Uh, Hat-trick in that final. Super PWR weekend is upon us here in England. Let's just remind you of the fixtures. All four matches can be seen live. Uh, Two on TNT, the other two being streamed. All main stadia. So it shapes up like this on Saturday. Things kick off with Gloucester Hartbury up against Exeter at 3.05 from King's Home. Then at 5 o'clock, it's Joe Finers. Sport ground for Ealing T against Bristol. Then on Sunday, Leicester travel to the Stonex to face Saracens. That at 1 o'clock. And close the weekend, Loughborough Lightning hosts Sale at Franklin's Gardens. Do you like playing at the gardens? We do. We do love playing at the gardens. Um, and again, you know, each time we play there, a better crowd and getting more used to it. And it's been a more like our our home. So, um, yeah, really excited. And, and it's a lovely pitch. So, always nice to play there. Just on a wider perspective, Bernard, these little sort of initiatives, all games being streamed live and what have you. Um, I know there was talk about um, a terrestrial partner, which... Um, yeah, I'm sure that PWR team are working hard to to continue to get. But um, and I think it's a point you made. You can't watch all the games now. Well, this weekend you can. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a good old initiative, isn't it? Is it is it filtrating through through the players and the teams that it's a it's a, a weekend a notch up. I think um, people who you know you play a game, you come back, you're like, oh, who played today? Let me put it on. Like it's it's, it's great to like sit down and you're kind of watching it as if you would do. The men's games you sit down or oh, who's on playing i'll put it put it on the telly like it's so much more accessible for people um um it's such a nicer thing like you've got family that live far away well don't worry it's, it's on it's on the telly like um i think if we could get to the point where all our games are being streamed and there is a broadcast still um or something like that um i think that would be really beneficial um but yeah it's great that this weekend that they're all going to be on um so you can watch absolutely all of them uh, which <laughs> I feel like that'll be me just sat down <laughs> this weekend. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, but I still think there is work to be done there to, to make it more accessible and, and to really push the brand out there. Let's have a a, a little dive into to each of these games. Um, Saturday, Gloucester Heartbreak up against Exeter, three oh five kickoff for that one. We've already mentioned they're a huge, huge game for Exeter. Do they get a proper measure of, of, of where they're at up against the champions? Definitely. I think it's going to be a, um, you know, a really good game to see. Um, like you've seen, Gloucester have kind of just come out of their the bit of a rut that they were in, um, not really getting the scores they wanted. Obviously still coming over the wins, but after last week, I think we kind of seen them getting back on their, their usual, uh, usual form, uh, whereas Exeter are kind of in the... In the opposite, I think they've now hit their rut. So it'll be interesting to see um, how the game will go, especially because I know both teams will kind of know the importance of the game. Um, and obviously, Exeter Gloucester was was it the, the final? Yeah, the final last year. So another rematch of the final. I think that will you know add another another layer to it. In terms of will it show an accurate perception of where Exeter is? I'm not sure just because they haven't been putting out the best performances, um, but maybe the occasion playing Gloucester will bring out 
a new sign maybe this week in training they'll have different focuses um maybe a bit more rest um so then we'll be able to see see that come out in the game but I think it'll be a really good game I think it'll be very very competitive um and yeah it'll just be good to see kind of turns up on the day I do think Gloucester will be difficult to stop however I think knowing Exeter I know that they'll be down in the dumps probably with that result they'll be a bit gutted as well from Bristol so who knows they might be similar to what Gloucester did last week and be like right let's go let's go get it it's I think it's harder you can get more ups with those teams that are above you sometimes in the table like you're like I know this is going to be an incredibly tough game I know I'm going to have to work as hard as I can where sometimes those ones that are slightly kind of closer or a little bit under you're a bit like oh, another game but I think I think it'll be I think it'll be really again a great game to watch because play some good rugby extra play some good rugby but I do very much think it's going to be down to what we see on the day what kind of environment uh, Chiefs in at the minute is it a happy environment or is it are they frustrated annoyed um, all those things um, but uh, yeah I, I am going to see I think Gloucester will come out on top the Sandy Park factor last time they played an incredibly tight game uh, was there for all to see um, yeah I think it's a big big game for for Exeter uh, looking ahead of the season uh, and mentally as well going to have a prediction from you then Sadia uh, I'm also going to go with Gloucester for the win. 12 from 12. Um, 19 all draw. Um, 5 o'clock. <laughs> Trail final sports ground. Uh, Ealing T against Bristol. Um, we, we know that's going to be tough. What what areas do you exactly have to get right, Berner, to uh, to get past Ealing Trail Finders? Um set piece definitely scrum you've got Liz Craig there you've got other players in there that um, can be a bit of a nod in those situations with decent players so I think yeah scrum needs to be on form again I think for Bristol it's kind of becoming a bit of a weapon which should be feared with the likes of Hannah Bottom and um, Lark Davis in there um, Eliane also been playing extremely well so yeah scrum in there but I also do think you've got to stop Abby Dow. So how do you stop Abby Dow? You've got to keep the ball. Like you don't want to give them the ball. You don't want to give them opportunities. So on reflection of the Loughborough game as well, probably minimising those unforced errors. Um, Bristol did it well, but at times they, you know, you'd lose the ball in touch stuff like that. Um, I think if we can get those things back right, I think we should be in a pretty good place. Um, so I think it's just minimising those threats and keeping hold of the ball this game will be a big one. Having just played them, Sardia, uh, are you expecting a, a Bristol win up at Ealing? I am. I am. Uh, my crystal ball says Bristol will come away with the win. So two West Country winners so far. Leicester down to the Stone X. Um, one o'clock for that one. Do get to the Stone X. Pretty decent uh, day out for the, for the fans as well. Are we seeing a, a, another... Sarri's win there because again you want to start keeping sort of pressure on everyone else around you in that that top four don't you yeah I think Sarri's you know like like you just said Johnny I think they're going to be going all out um obviously Leicester towards them on the table but um it doesn't matter when the the top four is quite it's quite tight and you'll want to keep increasing those gaps so I think Sarri's going to want to put as many points on Leicester as possible um, and I think Sarri's are a team who kind of don't really take the foot off the gas anyway. So I think we'll see them um, putting out a strong performance um, and taking away the win. Agree, Berna? 
Yeah, Saracens, I, I just think they um, have too many things accurate. They have their line out, their mall, their scrum, how they play, kicking in the right territories is a big part of their game. So I think Sale, I mean, um, not Sale, Leicester, they are, again, we'll see some great tries because they every single game they've put in some great tries in there. So I'm not saying that they, they won't get in on the score sheet, but I think Sarries are just um, a two rolling too well at the minute for them to, to shrug them. Yeah, I, you said it, bully teams, are, I mean that in the nicest possible way. So just impose their game, don't they, on on other teams and if they if they're allowed to do that and against the the new kid it, to, to carry on the analogy the, the new kid in the playground Leicester um it's yeah it's gonna, gonna be a tough afternoon for them closing up the weekend Loughborough Lightning against Sale side is going for a Sale win well that no side is going for a Loughborough Lightning win um uh, against Sale turned the corner but um performance wise um Sale Sale are getting better week on week are they not they are um, they definitely are two games against Gloucester. To be fair, pretty decent score the first game. Um, second game, always hard with that tight turnaround um, to play the top of the league, essentially within a week of each other. Um, yeah, they have been, but I just think how Loughborough played at the weekend, I, I think Loughborough will definitely win that game. Um, just how they're attacking um, some of the amazing individual breaks, like Helena Ronan had a great game as well, like ran pretty much the length of the pitch. Um, obviously Sadi yourself and I, I just think that um, Loughborough will, will win that game they're just playing some a really nice exciting style of rugby um, and I kind of want to I want to make sure I watch that one and may have some uh, say like whispers possibly someone like Italian might be back from injury uh, that might give a, a, a little boost uh, what's the main fear about uh, Sale is it is it as obvious to say the physicality Sorry. Uh, no, I don't think that's obvious. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's obvious. I don't know. I, I mean, I think I would have gone with physicality as well. Um, I think they are quite a dominant team in general in their backs, in their forwards. Um, likes of Katana um, in their back line. Uh, Fe, you know, huge ball carriers, distributors as well. Um, and yeah, I think Loughborough going to have to do well in, in our defence able to stop those carriers I think Sale are a team that plays well when they get momentum um, so Loughborough doesn't have to not let them in the game and I think they really get their momentum through their big power players um, I actually did think Luana was back this weekend because I read her article which which read as if she's back but she isn't, um, I think she's still got a couple of weeks so you know wishing her good luck with the rest of her, her rehab um, but yeah I think Loughborough are kind of building really well and I think we've had you know, unlucky results, but really good moments of brilliance. And I think it's kind of leading to this sale game where we can kind of put it all together and hopefully get a, a really good, convincing win. So you're going a uh, Loughborough Lightning win uh, as I, uh, as is a burner. Um, stop sailing the tracks. God, oh, burner. If only Loughborough Lightning had a, um, a seven who likes shopping down trees for fun. Yeah, if only, eh? So just reminding of you, uh, uh, the full fixture weekend on the PWR, all games are being shown to live on TNT, the other two being streamed. So the first TNT game is Saturday, 3.05, Gloucester Heartbreak up against Exeter. 
from King's Home. Apologies, you'll have my dulcet tones on that one. Five o'clock, a trail finders sports ground, eating tea against Bristol. And then Sunday, um, it's Saracens up against Leicester at one o'clock. That one's being streamed. And then Loughborough Lightning against Sale from Franklin's Gardens is on TNT. Uh, so a couple of shout-outs this week, uh, starting with Ella Cromack, who has committed her future to Harlequins. Uh, the 18-year-old, a member of the under-20 on, on squad, has already spent time with the Roses at their training camp. So congratulations to her. Yeah, one certainly for the future. Um, Laurie Kramer of Exeter, or should we say formerly of Exeter, has returned home to take up a contract with Rugby Australia and the Queensland Red franchise. We spoke about that last week, didn't we? The, uh, the extended contracts that uh, Rugby Australia put in now. Um, yeah, like Caitlin Leaney, who we discussed last week from Harlequins. Um, Wallaroos coming up on on the rails. They will be, they'll be strong. They'll be strong in the World Cup. Yeah, 100%. But over in Vancouver 7, Brazil broke their 17-game losing streak when they beat Ireland, coming off of a win from their Gold Coast event in Australia. Yeah, well done to uh, to Brazil 7s. Uh, and of course, yeah, Blackfern 7s as well. Over in France... Here's some news for you. 6,025 fans watched SA Rogman out against the uh, the reigning champion Stad Bordelais, a new record for a club game attendance in France. There's no TV deal over there uh, with the women's game. So if you want to see them, you, you've got to get down to the grounds. That's fabulous numbers. Yeah, brilliant numbers. To be, to be fair to France, France get, have done for years, um, before we did, amazing amount of fans i remember the record was seventeen thousand, and that was you know three years maybe two years before the world cup it was a phenomenal event um they do really really well to get their fans there and get the support to those stadiums and it's, it's great to see it it's amazing to play in as well that kind of environment yeah they have uh led the way haven't they but uh, yeah for, for club games always been brilliant as you say Bernard, with uh with the international tennis but uh for the club game, that is fantastic to see. So, ending on a on a very positive note, we've been telling you about our friend Gary Street and his road to recovery. To go with the GoFundMe page, GoFundMe, and then Streets Ahead is the one if you want to donate there. But we've also set up a live auction. Some unbelievable items on there. The signed shirts from Sir Khaleesi. There's tickets there's holidays there's experiences there's all sorts memorabilia from 2014 when of course gary was the world cup winning coach with the england women's team so if you want to get involved in that check out our socials it's all over our socials the website address is emma-live.com forward slash streets ahead forward slash home underscore page emma.live.com forward slash streets ahead forward slash home underscore page get involved you'll not be disappointed with the items on there dig dig if you can at very very least please just share this auction and the gofundme page as wide as far as we can to help gary and, and flip and the boys thanks so much for all your help and do continue to give it big thank you to meg farley Big thank you to you, Bernard, and to you, Sardi, and to Tom, doing his bits and pieces in the background. Ladies, we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I didn't think you'd actually do the waving, but you did. Uh, <laughs>